I think that new wave that you're talking about is us realizing we can make this what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. Like we were taught a way that this is how government works and now we're in the chair and we're like, but it doesn't have to continue doing it that way. You're listening to Illogical by Truth. This podcast decodes the language, decisions, and hidden areas of local power that often seems illogical to residents. The goal of this podcast is to empower people to engage locally and to understand how significant it is to be aware and active at the local level. Once local government is logical, it will become meaningful and provide the benefits that allows for people to live a thriving life. Today, we have a special set of guests, the largest so far in our podcast, the famous four, <laughs> Councilmember Megan, Councilmember Mary, Councilmember Christina, and Councilmember Jane are here with us today. So guests, you have a lot of names, the famous four, the old guard, Y'all all campaign The new guard. The new guard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you've all campaigned in this last season, of, I think it's 2021, um, for Raleigh, which is one of the largest growing cities in the country, fastest growing cities in the country, tops almost every chart on quality of life, um, becoming a hub for technology. So y'all all had different journeys. Now, why are y'all all sort of clumped together as a famous four? Like, how, how did y'all become one unit? I would say, because we did all campaign differently, um, I think when we evaluated once getting into office, like that we had a lot of shared values and a lot of things that we are over here in this district and you're over here in this district, but it all seems to be a universal issue that is affecting the citizens of Raleigh in different ways, in different communities. And when we realized that we were all campaigning on those similar things, it was like now we're here to govern and lead on those on those like similar issues. And um, I think we've created a bond in the sorts as we've been working together and understanding our new role because it's a lot to learn. So then there's also that like getting into office, there's a huge learning curve and we're all entering that journey at the same moment in time. And we all have this sense of like collective ideas that we're trying to bring and how how we can empower and build with each other. So I think that's where like the core four came from. Um, so yeah. I think what I would add is just when I met these, these young people, I felt just like I trusted them. Like I meet them and I'm like, yes. When Megan, I saw her speak for the first time and she talked about her daughter and her mom and what she won for them, I was like, yes, that is right. When I heard Councilmember Jones speak every month at council for, I don't know, three years. Uh, and she said the same damn thing every time. And I was like, I agree. Yes, I agree. Thank God someone is saying this. Um, and when I met Mary, I, it was, again, it was a thank God moment for District A. <laughs> like, there is someone there that I want to work with. And I feel like that was just like that natural, like, affinity and love for each other's voices and mission that we were bringing to the campaign. And I'll add to that that uh, just amplifying that we're here for residents. And yeah. I really feel like that was missing in the in the conversation before. It was really what government wanted to do and, and everyone else along for the ride. But I feel that each one of us were like, no, really, what do you guys want? Mm-hmm. What do those that I'm representing want to see in government? 
And that's different, but it was a universal truth for all of us. So I think we kind of bond over that for sure. And it, and it leads into the next question. Most people are ready to vote for their president. Some of them are ready to vote for their governor. Um, but there, there are a few that we need to get to the finish line to vote for their council members. And so what inspired y'all to say, listen, I want to I wanna get in there and I want to run, I want to make a difference locally, which research has already shown us is, makes the biggest impact. So what made y'all, what, what inspired y'all to really say, okay, I want to move forward, I want to make my voice heard, I can make a difference. What was that? What's that threshold? It's one thing to care. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of members that come and sit and hear y'all talk every Tuesday. But what's the difference between that and then saying, I want to represent a particular group of people? What's that threshold? What's that gap? (laughs) You go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for me, it was, um, for me, the tipping point was after the Uvalde shooting in Texas. Um, School-based violence has been really close to my heart for a long time. I was a public school teacher um, in a former life, and I send my two favorite people into public schools every day. And... um, you know, in the past years, I had been a voter, I had been engaged, I had canvassed for other people, I had called my senators, you know, if I looked at my outgoing call log, it was like, Burr, Tillis, Burr, Tillis, <laughs> husband, Burr, Tillis, Burr, <laughs> and um, I just, after that, I, I was like, I can't, I, this, this isn't enough anymore, and I looked for a little bit more capacity, and um, just like, also evaluated my superpowers and was like, I think like mm. being in the room where the sausage gets made, mm. like understanding when to push and when to be patient. I think this is a place where this is the thing I can take on to tell myself we really left it all in the field that we didn't leave one stone unturned when it come to like doing good for, for folks. And in, in, in bringing up that point, while you were campaigning, there was an active shooter event. Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did that play into the campaign? And I remember it was at it was, I think it was campaign events happening at the time. Mm-hmm. How did y'all respond? Like, what was that moment? And you don't have to go into too much detail, but just really want to know how did that as a candidate, knowing that this is a decision that you have to speak on. Like, this is a decision mm-hmm. that you're not just an observer now. Mm-hmm. You're you're actually your voice is leaning. So, how did that season sort of bring home that this campaign is real? This is you know a real thing. You know, man, I'll say that. For the Uvalde, because uh, this is right before the campaign started. Mm-hmm. I'm a substitute teacher, and I was in the class, and I was in tears. I was a virtual learning, so nobody saw me. But I'm, like, in tears, like, oh, my gosh. But right after that, I connected with the police department, and we did this, hey, I got the Wake County Public School System, and uh, there was a bunch of people on Zoom. And I said, this is what I want to see in government. I want to see us bringing people together to have a solution, to bring a solution to the table. And then fast forwarding to Headingham, oh, my gosh. That was, I had COVID during that time, and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening now? And the, there's there's a little nervousness of like, okay, I'm not elected yet, but man, that is a spotlight that I'm nervous of, you know, Mm -hmm. that that is, what will I do in that? So I think we have taken a really uh, active role of trying to learn how we manage in crisis. We just Mm -hmm. had a a big work session uh, with like national people telling us how to lead through crisis because unfortunately that's our reality and and we're going to have to do it even though that's not something that I look forward to at all. <laughs> um, I think, you know, during the 
elections. It did happen in the middle of the election. It was such a visceral moment for me, and I did compose a couple tweets about it because um, it was just like I'd never. You don't ever expect for it to happen. And then when it does, it's like, of course it would happen. Of course this is the reality. And I think that is like a big part of the reason that I also ran. For me, it was being a young environmentalist, and I'm youngish. I just turned 29. But, you know, coming into the city, graduating from college, coming back and feeling like the decisions that are being made don't represent the values that I want to have in the future, um, especially in that on that environmental side of like we need to be doing action towards creating a more just society in every holistic way we can. And that includes gun violence, that includes affordable housing, that includes um, action for climate um, and racial justice issues as well. And so it was like such a moment of me like really being in the very like forefront, feeling the emotions of, you know, we had a mass shooting like in, in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is like, it's it's not an isolated event. This mm-hmm. is the, the country that we are, we're living in and we have to do something and be thoughtful about it right now and put action towards it. And I think, you know, a lot of that, some of the, especially with like gun violence, I think it's like bigger than the local, it's bigger than the state, it's federal in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of the issues that, people are facing on direct day-to-day are through the local. And if you, if they have this understanding in like climate advocacy that you have to focus on the small as you're increasing to the larger message of like climate action on a global scale, on a national scale, it starts locally. Um, so somebody came up to me and they were like, you want to run for office? And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, and just, uh, I kept telling people I was just delusional, like just be delusional. If, if nothing else, you guys, be delusional. Think you can do whatever you can do because you probably can. And if you can't, then do it again. Um, so that was really what it is for me. And it was just very, very visceral moments that happened throughout the elections. And I mean, even continuously now with yeah. being in office that are like, whoa, yeah. how is this happening? <laughs> What's yeah. going on here? And ultimately, we're just human, right? Yeah. right. And That's like, right. we don't have all That's the answers. Right. And I don't know how to respond to every crisis and every right. moment. Um, but having like this crew to talk to and to like have that trust with is really essential because it, it takes an emotional toll when yeah. you realize, oh, like that's my job too. Like yeah. I'm also in charge of that now. Um, and uh, it, it's a lot. And I, I've, I've, I've watched each of you process difficult decisions, mm-hmm. um, which there's no right or wrong, even though you're held to a right or wrong mm-hmm. narrative. Um, because there's so many elements to it that you have to break down to just say yes or no. During the campaign, I heard several people ask, how are you qualified? Like, mm-hmm. so to Mary, to your point, <laughs> how are you qualified? What's your qualification? What are you? So you're walking into this role, and I've, I've seen you become students of local government. I've seen you mm-hmm. take tours. I've seen you go to the sanitation. I've mm-hmm. seen you ride with police officers. Mm-hmm. I've seen you become students. So can you help the listener understand the difference between a council member, a city manager, and a mayor, like how should how should a, a, a listener mm-hmm. hear those roles for a government that's in Raleigh, which has um, sort of like a city manager run uh, government structure versus like a New York where the mayor is almost like a CEO. Most people have never heard of a city manager. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so how should we understand those three roles together? I would say like just first, we have 4,000 employees mm. at the city of Raleigh. So whenever I'm thinking about how the city runs, I mean, it's about the person who is picking up my trash, it is the person who is you know putting out the fire. Sure. Um, it is the guy who is, is striping the road so that you know folks can see at night. Mm. 
Um, and so it's not just these managing roles, it's the people doing the day to day. And so we've learned a lot about what does that take? What is the resources that are needed? Um, and we're not those day to day people, you know, we make a lot of decisions, but like we depend on those folks knowing, you know, what they're doing and trusting in them. And ultimately their, uh, their head is the city manager. So the city manager is in charge of all of that day to day business. We are kind of like a board of directors. So if you think of like a nonprofit, um, uh, the, the mayor is kind of like the chairman of the board. Uh, we all get equal votes, so we are counterparts. Um, do that uh, vote include the mayor? Did the mayor get an equal vote? Mm-hmm. Equal vote some some people think that this is the president locally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the <laughs> and I like to explain it. That there's no like boss structure, so the mayor is not in charge of council. We are all counterparts, and the mayor is runs the meetings. Yes. So mm-hmm. the mayor is in charge of making sure everything goes flows f- properly and everything. But at the end of the day, we each get equal voting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's why things will go to a 4-4 split. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's questions that we have, and does this really reflect representation for the city as we move forward and as we grow? You know, we're almost going to be half a million people. Yeah. Are eight of us really enough anymore? And those are those are things that we're, we're, decided, we're talking about now. But that hits on council and mayor and then your city manager. So we rely a lot on the city manager to do the day-to-day so that we can you know, think about the the bigger picture items and try and put a plan in place. Because our, our jobs are part-time. So it's like we are all, are all representatives of specific districts. Um, more, more to that, we also have at-large counselors who represent, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the whole city of Raleigh and they campaign across the whole city of Raleigh. And that's similar to the mayor's role um, as far as just being a representative of the whole of the city. And we have our specific districts. Um, but we do a lot of can deferring and can you research this and can you get this back to us and let us know these decisions for the city staff that brings us back these recommendations and these understandings of proposals or ideas or things that we would like to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's our job to have big ideas and be in tune with the sense of the direction the city wants to move. But we rely a lot on our professional staff because we are, can certainly not be experts in what needs to be outfitted on a fire truck or what stormwater provisions are appropriate for our area. We we rely on people who are trained experts mm-hmm. in those areas to guide our decisions. You know what's amazing to me? The, the trivia question that I often hear and go unanswered is the part-time. Mm-hmm. People think y'all sit in the da- <laughs> They think you sit <laughs> in the downtown city hall and you are there 24-7. And you are living lives, you have families, you have jobs, uh, you're a researcher at the university. How do you manage the community engagement that y'all have rolled out with your crew to actually be out and meet with people in your district and hold meetings and listen, which which was a, a breath of fresh, fresh air for, for our region, go to work, hold a family. How, mm-hmm. how, how, how can the listener sort of make sense of that part-time role in the context of all the responsibility that's, that rolls off of that role, you know, that, that mm-hmm. position? I mean, to be fair for me, I, that's been my life for mm-hmm. you know, the last five years. Being with mm-hmm. CACs, this has just been my monthly thing. I have a monthly meeting for the CAC and for you know, the entire structure. So it's fit into my life really easily because that's what I'm used to doing um, coming from that community engagement world. Um, but bringing that voice out uh, and making sure that repre- representation is actually happening uh, has been my focus. So uh, it's been pretty simple for me, and, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, but how do you guys feel? 
I mean, it's a lot to balance for sure. Um, I always remind folks that we get paid, I think it's something like $14 or so an hour um, for 20 hours a week if you look at our pay stubs. So that's technically uh, our role, supposedly. Um, I know I'm working more than that most weeks, and then I've also got my full-time job. And um, it's a lot to navigate, you know, and there is the actual workload. And then I think there's the emotional toll that it can mm. take. And so I think this whole crew does a good job to, like, watch out for each other and to, like, say, hey, like, are you taking care of yourself? You got what you need? Have you eaten today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you need a hug? I need a hug. Yes, sorry. Yes, please go that. Yeah. yeah. I would say, too, just to add in, like, it is really difficult to balance. I work 40 hours a week at my day job and then do this and have a young daughter. I would say I think all of us rely on our support systems outside of council. You know, I rely heavily, obviously, on my husband, but also, you know, family that we have close by and even neighbors. And um, I have to really admit my humanity a lot more than I would like. You know, I really have to be like, I this house is not getting cleaned unless someone else does it, you know, or like, I guess it's chips for dinner tonight, you know, and I have to really acknowledge the humanity there. Um, and then the other thing that's helped me is really having some strong systems in place. Um, you know, we, t we live in the future. Yeah. And so to some extent, you know, having people be able to book through my booking page yeah. rather than taking on the additional load of like a back and forth. When yeah. can you meet? Oh, wait, I can only do Mondays. Oh, wait, I can only do after hours. Like mm -hmm. all of that creates traffic and noise. And so wherever there are opportunities to strip out some of that, I've, I've tried to like trim away some of that so I can create more capacity for the, the real stuff. Mm -hmm. So. I'm probably not the best. I don't sleep. Um, <laughs> like, period, point blank, I don't sleep. All right, um, Mary, we got to work on this. <laughs> I'm, like, up at bed, bed at 1.30, 2 o'clock, up again at, like, 6, and then I'm off for the day. Um, but that's just me. And I have a very, I think, an anxious attachment style with a lot of the work. And it's like, if I don't do it, then who's going to do it? Um, and it hasn't. It's been working. It's been working. I, I probably, I think, you know, have been focusing in on, like, scheduling and, like, creating systems, as you said, that like work for like the workflow that I have to do with my other job and the workflow I have to do with council and the communication that I need to have with people that work at the city and people that work in the community or not people that work in the community, people of the community. Um, and it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. It's a lot. It's, but it's, it's only a lot because it's new. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people are always like, are you drinking from that fire hose yet? And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm sipping. <laughs> <laughs> and I always ask, does it ever end? Do we ever stop yeah. drinking from the fire no. hose? And I'll ask other elected officials and they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just get better at drinking from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, um, uh, you mentioned CACs, and I would love to just jump into that space. Mm. Since most people listening will not know what a CAC is. But- before we do that, it's part of your, the role that you bring to this city in Raleigh. You bring a human being into the role that most people mm -hmm. haven't engaged in a while. And you you bring your humanity. And so people can live with you in difficult decisions because they see you as a human being. Mm -hmm. And that has been a new sort of wave of leaders we've seen across the country. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that we have it uh uh, here in the South, here in Raleigh. So CAC was a mechanism used to like bring government to people. Right? Mm -hmm. So can you describe the acronym and then really 
you know, let's zoom into community engagement to, to talk about that role that local government has on day-to-day. Like, how do you hear from people mm-hmm. so that the day-to-day is linked to actual lives, like actual mm-hmm. human beings? So. Well, I'll start it. So CACs, that was Citizens Advisory Councils, and we were starting in the 1970s from um, uh, for Mayor, uh, Mayor Leitner. And the goal there was to bring residents into the decision-making process. How are we going to grow as a city? Mm-hmm. And that was the goal. It was like that for 40 years until 2020 when um, this previous council decided to dismantle it. So we talk about, you know, why did you run? I was the new chair mm-hmm. of the entire organization, and I was like, well, I guess that's next because uh, <laughs> you just took away our voices. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt like in so many different areas they were taking our voices away. They didn't want to hear from us. And so I know our goal as a, as a group here has been to give that voice mm-hmm. back. Um, and so whether that's through um, public comments and coming and talking, whether that's through the different avenues, I mean, we have monthly mm-hmm. meetings, we have office hours, we do joint meetings together just to introduce people mm-hmm. to us. You know, we're, we're all millennials, so different, uh, I'm like, we're like elder millennials. Yeah. And then and then you have Mary, who is the young That's millennial. So millennial. She's all the way, almost a Z. And I think that new wave that you're talking mm-hmm. about is us realizing we can make this what yeah. we want it to be. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we were taught a way that this is how government works mm-hmm. and now we're in the chair and we're like, but it doesn't have to That's continue good. doing it that way. We can do new things. So, you know, changing this, you were, we're doing different things with public comments now, um, but email, yeah. uh, you know, how, how do residents get in contact with us? We have social media, yeah. you know, now there's a lot of stuff that happens on social media. People ask me a question through there and then I go and find the answer and then yeah. respond to them, mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter, like, oh, here's the answer to mm-hmm. that. And yeah. it's such an instant gratification on both sides. You know, I love being able to solve those things. I just had somebody message me last week. We're like, oh, there's a tree in the in the easement right in, right in front of my house. And so I forwarded that, and now they're going to get it written. Mm-hmm. So I got to make the phone call today and go, hey, guys, that tree's going to be moved <laughs> the week of July 3rd. And they're so grateful yeah. that they were heard and that mm-hmm. it was dealt with, whether or not mm-hmm. they could have done They just wanted an answer. So really, phone call, any way you can think of it is a way to mm-hmm. contact us. Um, and I think council in general is really excited to help solve. We may not be always, to your point, we, we're not always going to be able to get it right. Mm-hmm. I'm not always going to be able to solve that problem. But to be part of that conversation is really the goal moving forward. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've watched voters talk about a new president changing their life. Like, they, mm-hmm. oh, man, we have this new president. My life is going to change forever. Very rarely do I hear that statement connected to local <laughs> elections, even though the trash, the water, the buses, <laughs> public safety, <laughs> public safety. <laughs> everything zooms down the local. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you get that message across that your local government is literally what you are experiencing when you're thinking of other local elected officials? Like, how do you, how can you increase that message to, <laughs> to voters? Well, I, I think one um, example that comes to mind for me was just from this weekend. I think finding people who, on social media often who are putting their questions out into the world, not exactly knowing where they're going to go, mm. and, and then just being right there to be like, I got you, boo. That's right? So I was um, on Reddit, and I found a commenter who said, uh, you know, is our recycling even being recycled in Raleigh? Mm. And there, it, 
I didn't find this until several days later. So there was chock-a-block full of commenters who were like, probably not. Probably going straight to the landfill. And I was like, actually, good news. I just went there. I can tell you exactly how this is happening. And so I chimed in and linked to to our site and linked to some social media content I had made. And I was like, don't worry. So it is getting recycled, and here's how. And um, I think that person didn't even know, didn't have a, didn't even kind of have a concept in their mind mm, that their city council good. member might find that that's loose good. thread out in the universe mm, and, and kind of wrap it up for them. So I think awesome. a lot of it's like finding the questions people have yes. and and helping them see the link to what you do. That's good. And through that education, you know, I think there's this big component. We have to teach mm. uh, people what to want. And I know that they want, they're like thirsty for education. Yeah. Looking to this, and and the example I'll give is sometimes I find, like, I can go on for days, and I can just talk about city stuff and bore people, and I made this TikTok, which I don't have a huge following, but um, (laughs) when I did, it was like a six-minute video of just me talking, and the responses, the questions, which Mm. I had hoped that I would get in other videos that I made and never got— this yeah. one was a six minute, like no one's gonna watch it. And it was really the most popular. And they wow. were asking questions, and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I can I can help answer that. Oh my gosh. But it's it's that that I'm, it's trial and error right now. Yeah. You know, there's this yeah. whole new way to talk to people right. and how are That's we right. including them? And right. that people I think want just the facts. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, yeah. I think once you get to state and and yeah. federal. It's all theoretical politics. Yeah. It's really this, oh, well, I believe this and you believe that, and we can argue about who's right. But in local politics, it's like, I need that pothole filled mm-hmm. sure. and I need mm-hmm. that tree removed. Mm-hmm. And so sure. it's like attainable goals yeah. that we can we can reach them together. Mm-hmm. So it's teaching residents about that and, and there's going to be so many different ways to do it. You know? yeah. More to that, I think for me, it's been understanding uh, how to communicate values and brokering mm-hmm. values and communication. Because especially young people, like their favorite thing is to be like, oh, politics is whack. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you shouldn't right. vote. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, and I am telling people now, I have the lived experience of how progress is being hindered by people not wanting to care about yeah. politics. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we are held up a lot as city councilors. What we are able to do, progress is stifled on the General Assembly's level. Like there's mm-hmm. things that you want to do and it's like, nope, General Assembly is not going to like that. You can't do it. And constantly being in, impeded on those things. And it's like, oh, people want rent control? Can't do it. It's General mm-hmm. Assembly. Oh, you want to save the trees? Can't do it. It's General <laughs> Assembly. Oh, you want to do these things for water quality, for racial justice? You want you want to have independent crisis teams that are like <laughs> good and safe? Yeah. Can't do it because General Assembly is not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, we got to get these people out. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to get out of here. Second. <laughs> all in favor. All in favor. <laughs> it's perfect so perfect um i think also understanding that community engagement is the core mm-hmm. of the work and not just a, an aspect of it mm-hmm. i think so many things are like oh we're gonna have a community engagement like somewhere along the way and it's like <laughs> just kind of like a facet of what is a part of them just bringing in the proposal rather than actually engaging and allow people to offer thoughts and to be thought leaders on the communities where they live and where they work and where they play. Um, This is really interesting. So under, like, I think that has been like the core to a lot of us. Like we view community engagement as a central tenant to the work that we are doing rather than just like throwing it in there at the end because we got to hit like a standard of like, oh, we have to have a meeting about it. But 
Yeah. And you find that, I'm sorry, no, no, no. Um, I find that um, sometimes that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means sitting that's there really in public sharp. comments mm-hmm. and listening to someone throw the tomatoes at you yes. yeah. and accept that and saying, I, all over oh, me. dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, but it's that. And sometimes it is that and learning that it's not always pretty that's and right. having yeah. to have that that's conversation right. with other people that's going, right. yeah, they, they're mad and they're allowed to that's be right. mad. Right. And we are, our job is to sit here right. and accept that and then come up with that's the right. next step yeah. because right. without, by avoiding it, by pretending that it doesn't exist, right. it only closes everything off and makes that's people right. really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you know, what's crazy to me. We're, like, we're in the tech triangle. So we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're in the, mm-hmm. we're in the triangle, um, which is a, becoming a, a major hub for tech. Um, the tech company leans on design thinking. It leans on design frameworks. Design framework leans on community engagement. That's like that's like the bone <laughs> of the process. User experience. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they will not move a product unless the user has touched it, declined it, found the holes, the gaps, yelled at it. <laughs> and so to Christina's point, when you get into those moments, community engagement is, is can be rough and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's where you gain the social capital. That's where you gain mm-hmm. the intelligence. And so I, I, I appreciate the four of you for leaning into that mm-hmm. when decisions are difficult, mm-hmm. when your heart is telling you that there's another way, but this mm-hmm. person is crying or yelling, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I appreciate you for being that. That's a part of your sort of your nature on, in office, and, and, and people are applauding that. Uh, even if they don't agree with you, they're applauding that. Um, but y- y'all mentioned this relationship between local, federal, and state. How should people see that? Because that's blind to certain people. Like, like, how, like, why would a, a, a state uh, general assembly stop you from? guiding the city and then you know like help me understand like so, like, so. Tiny civics <laughs> yeah. I was like I can jump in I'm ready uh, so, tiny civics lesson we are a Dillon rule state mm-hmm. and this is common to the south where mm-hmm. the state legislature has to give the authority to local municipalities cities and towns to do whatever it is that we do. Mm. So the authority to protect trees, um, the authority to establish affordable housing mm. programs. Um, and so they decide to some extent what it is we do. And if we do something that they haven't given us explicit authority mm. for, or let's say they gave us authority, but they don't really want us to do it, mm. um, they might come back for us. And yeah. you never know exactly why. Yeah. Um, I'll just give one example. The General Assembly, um, they do not like our no, uh, no turn on red. Yes. Uh, oh, Lord. This, is, this is downtown. This is kind of silly, right? So <laughs> we're at a red light. You're not supposed to take a right when it's red because there's walkers. There's people mm. who have been hit. There are people who have died because cars come at them when there's red light. And so now we have a rule, no turn on red. Um, and, you know, we've got General Assembly members saying, you know, no, I want to do that. <laughs> and so we never know. We never know where they're going to come for us. But I would love to have a list of all those things that we need help on, like Mary was saying. Like, if we can get a list, very specifically, practical things that people want to see. Really and then good. explain, this is the state legislature keeping us from that. Really Thus, good. we need your help really getting them good. out. So there's over, there's almost 500,000 elected positions in the country. And so it does get very 
difficult at times mm-hmm. of differentiating between like what is federal's role, what is the state's role, and what is like the local government's role, and then all of the different things that go into mm-hmm. that. Because we're city councilors, we also have county commissioners, mm-hmm. we also have soil and water district county mm-hmm. supervisors, we have mm-hmm. school board, mm-hmm. and they all are different arms and legs of one functioning sort of body of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, as Jane was saying, like a lot of the things that we want to do like we may not be able to do because we have to request it from the general assembly and we have we may have to lobby for those things and there's there's actually a really robust list and it's it's constantly kind of like a a challenge of like could we be sued for this by somebody in the community or could the general assembly come back and what what they're always say is like the worst case scenario of them like taking away our charter and like I guess we wouldn't be a city anymore. <laughs> um, um, and that would be mean, right? It would be so mean. And it's the lived experiences that we are the capital city, so they are here. They're state legislators when they're in session. They are here in our city, so they are paying attention to what happens. They feel like they are from here. They are not, but they feel like they are from here, um, and that they should have more of a say in the community that they are a part of. And you know. Sometimes you have a lot of fuddy-duddies, conservative fuddy-duddies, no, no offense to anybody, but, uh, that are like the enemy of progress in a lot of ways. Um, and just we have to navigate that as, as best we can um, and then push for things in ways that that we also can, in the ways we can too. So it's it's a really interesting sort of thing. And I, I, I can say that I did not really know what city council did until I started thinking about like running for office and it's like, okay, I'm running for this position. What do we actually do? Mm-hmm. And then I learned and you don't really learn until you get on the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole different world once you're actually in governance. But um, there's, I would, I would say there's really some really great courses that I took around like understanding the different roles of different governments and it's different for different States, but generally it's pretty, this pretty much the same thing. And, and, just just the theory of this whole conversation, this podcast was created because, like, people have to know mm-hmm. that, like, your decision here helps mm-hmm. you live a daily life that's healthy, make sure your garbage picked up, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But most people sort of, in a fuzzy way, delete this level. They may see their governor and they, the mm-hmm. president is, like, running the, the sewer. The water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, all things. <laughs> and so I just, I'm, I'm just happy to see that um, you were able to walk us through there. Now, how can the average listener, knowing everything you just mentioned, get involved in local government? Now, I've heard of community engagement. Y'all are a little bit more aggressive in, in community engagement. Like, mm-hmm. you find people. They don't have to come and find you through, like, the wilderness. Like, you go and find people. But how can people get involved? Like, what's a way in which people can actually participate? Yeah, I think there's so many ways. And I, whenever people ask me this question sort of out in the wild, I always just ask them what their, where their heart is or mm-hmm. what's their superpower. Because mm-hmm. how you get involved is going to be different based on, like, what you are looking for, what chapter you're, of your life you're in, and and kind of what, where your passions lie. You know, if you are ready to give a, a big-time commitment, you still want to be a volunteer and a citizen, but you're ready to give a big-time commitment, then serving on a board or a commission. These are appointed positions that have sort of special focus areas like a police, our police advisory group or our parks advisory group. You know, if, if someone has a significant time commitment and they're ready to give back to the city, that could be a way— if they are really just dipping their toe in the water and are like, I don't even know what services my city is in charge of, then maybe connecting them with their local CAC is going to help them 
you know, bridge the gap. Or if they have a really kind of minute problem, like my there's a tree in my easement or my trash didn't get picked up today. Um, you know, I need this mattress hauled away and I don't, I just don't know what to do. Like we also respond to emails and phone calls and talk to people in the grocery store. So, um, you know, I would just encourage people to look up, you know, they can Google Raleigh city council, see all our faces. We have a group, e- both a group email and individual emails where people can find us. And, and there's stuff that the city offers, um, on its own. There's, there's a class called Raleigh neighborhood college. Uh, it was the first class that I took, uh, in wanting to just learn. You know, you get to visit um, different departments as the first time that I got to see emergency communications or the the fire department. And it's free. You get they give you dinner and it's a 12 week Mm -hmm. course. So I would always start there. Start the things that might fit into your world. Remembering that there is no degree, no profession that is for this role. It's how do you make your strengths, your superpowers How do you bring that to the table through what you're an expert in? My background is theater. So my degree is is a theater major. Mm-hmm. And it's how did I mold that into being the communicator and the community engagement? And so how do you mold your superpower mm-hmm. into, into being that? And that's what I think we, we're missing in government. We think that there is a specific mm-hmm. path that, oh, I have to study this and I have to go to class and I need to have a degree in law and everything. And you don't. You don't need no. any of that. Once Donald that. Trump was elected, that told me <laughs> open the that everybody else ought to be running. <laughs> anybody else can do it. Anyone can. And do we'll it. do a better job. <laughs> so after 2016, sure. I was like, this is done. We are yeah. done. And we need new people. And yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it and think about like a local issue that you care about. But if you just want to get involved in somebody's campaign, for example, mm-hmm. like find someone mm-hmm. that you support That's and true. help them get out the vote. Help them make a difference. You know, you don't have to run for office. Maybe start as a volunteer campaign manager or host a fundraiser, mm-hmm. um, knock on doors. And if you're, you know, interested in checking out the Democratic Party, get involved with your local precinct. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is like the very basic building block community group for the Democratic Party. That's your local neighborhood. They are the people that are going to go door to door when it's time to vote. I know a lot of young people are independents. They're not necessarily affiliated with a party, but, you know, get to know, I would say, what the Democrats are up to. They might have a couple good things going on for if you're, you know, a lean progressive. I feel like um, also you have to know yourself, like a Drake lyric. Um, know yourself. And understanding just like your, your, so true. your affinity groups, though, I think are really a big part of it. For me, understanding this role and getting into office, I'm going to do a shameless plug for um, I was a part of this organization called Ignite National. And it's all about getting young women involved in politics. And I was like women, politics, fellowship cool. And I applied to the program. I got in. I ended up being the inaugural Raleigh Fellow here in Raleigh. And it's just working with college women on getting them started on how they can do political advocacy and like entering the world of politics and like what that means. They teach you how to join boards. They train you. They give you they get you run. They teach you how to run for office. They teach you how to fundraise. And they're really, really supportive group of dynamic women. And it's like if I hadn't have taken the time to be like, I want to be around women and doing political work, <laughs> then I never would have probably been in this position Um, because at the time it was like 2019 and I was like, I'm never going to run for office. And then here we are four years later in office. And it's largely because of the time that I spent there being encouraged by people and learning from people who wanted to see me win and wanted me to be in that space. So, yeah, find your affinity groups. You know, I I was a part of IOPL, Institute for Political Leadership, Mm -hmm. here in North Carolina, 
and they broke down sort of the campaign journey. What I like about IRPL is they put you in a room and no one can tell, can, can share their political affiliation. Mm. You had to spend your whole fellowship just learning the human being. Mm. And the, what, what that allowed for me to do is to understand that that person all the way on the other end can agree with me here. They may not be able to follow my breadcrumbs if I say my party affiliation first, mm. but if we have a conversation, they can, they, I could, we can have an agreement here. I remember <laughs> there was a, uh, a person that don't share my political affiliation out in rural North Carolina. She called me and I said, hey, you know, did, you know I, did, I haven't heard from her since the IPO. Mm -hmm. She said, my, uh, my son is going to, my daughter is going to a Drake concert in Durham, North Carolina. Drake. How do I help them as a parent? I was like, you just give them the keys to the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pizza place. Right there. <laughs> and so, so with that, it's, it's um, the human side of her, she's raising a child that yeah. doesn't see the same lines. Mm -hmm. like they're in a world where... Uh, the adults are, you know, making these corners, but the kids are just enjoying life. Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to close with uh, just one um, maybe plug in which somebody can, you know, connect to you that's personal to you. Like theater, you were part of all the different clubs. When I was at NAACP, I seen you. When I was with the mm -hmm. Poor People's Campaign, I seen you. Mm -hmm. But like something that shines a light on the human being so that people can understand, the listener can understand that local government allows for you to actually touch, see, go grocery shop with your local elected officials, and it's not this distant sort of long arm. And so we'll start, we'll start with you, Jane. And we'll come something around. personal. Yeah. And it don't have to be super personal, just like we had theater here, but something that people can see a human being. Yeah, I will say I spend a lot of time with trees. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love I love being yeah. out um, outside in nature. Um, and I think when the world just feels really crazy to yeah. me, like that is like my safe place. And so anytime someone brings me like an environmental issue that they're like, hey, we need to do this in Raleigh. I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> Let's get it done. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, but I, I just am always thinking about it. It's, it's um, you know, there's obvious like environmental benefits like to our health. Um, but it's, it's that mental like almost like really a spiritual piece for me in terms of how we take care of our environment and our relationship to it. Um, I've spent a lot of time getting to understand more like traditional local knowledge mm. from um, uh, tribal governments wow. and indigenous people in the U.S. Wow. And so, you know, some groups, they talk about like we're thinking about the next seven generations and how we make decisions. And we're thinking about having right relations with our relatives during those that time period. And our relatives, it's, it's the trees, it's the mm. plants. So I think of them as also my constituents. Wow. So how can, how can they reach you? How can they reach um, council member Jane? Mm. Jane.harrison at RaleighNC.gov. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm available, like Christina was saying, like so many different ways. Um, and um, uh, janeforraleigh.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's my kids. Mm. You know, I mean, I have uh, theater, which is great, yeah. but that's allowed me to be the um, substitute teacher that I love mm. to be. And I, 
I use it to begin talking to children at a young level about how important this is. How do we build that pipeline? So yeah, I want to do that with the with voters for sure. But I love walking into a third grade classroom and being That's like, good. do you guys know what a rezoning is? Let's <laughs> talk about it. And how excited they are at that age. And I'm going to just take all of that. So um, that's a big passion of mine, trying to encompass all the things that I have in my past and, and push it into the future. And then my website is christinaforale.com and my email is christina.jones at raleighnc.gov. So I am a storyteller. My life exists kind of at the intersections of art, culture, and the environment. Um, that's like a really big part of my my identity and how I show up in the world, just blending those realities into like a more just future. I'm always talking about working in the collective, uh, working for the collective, and like what that means when we, we're trying to be futurists and are radical thinkers and radical beings. Um, so that shows up in a lot of different ways for me. I, uh, I run my own nonprofit mm -hmm. called Radical Futurist Labs, and you know that's another organization where it's like we exist at the intersection of. You know, talking about Afrofuturism, talking about art, talking about the environment. Um, and then I'm really big on social media, so don't judge me. <laughs> a lot of people judge me during the campaign. They're like, what? So, um, you know, you can reach me like how everybody else, mary.black at raleighnc.gov. Or you could follow me on TikTok at, <laughs> at sunlampblack. Um, I think you'll probably get more of a, like, it'll be more fun. <laughs> you interacted with me there. Um, but, you know, just telling the story of my life as a young black what female environmentalist who's now in political office living in the mm -hmm. south and like all how all of those ideologies and how my crazy little zillennial life is mm -hmm. <laughs> so chaotic and so fun and so beautiful and terrible at the same time <laughs> and like what that means for for us as we're all being in community together and telling each other's stories and supporting each other and seeing each seeing yourself and other people so that's pretty much it. Um, well, me as a human, I'm like a mom at my core. I think I was born, I'm like finally coming into my own. I was like born as like a 35 year old mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I really find a lot of connection and and like decompression and like rerouting in, in family and the hearth and, you know, zooming out of just my, my own like little mini me human that I'm trying to, to morph into a someday well-adjusted adult. It was so wonderful. I'll never forget that letter she gave me during the campaign season. Oh, children trying to navigate racism. It was so cute. Sometimes they, just, they so don't get it. My last name is Black. So she was she wrote me a letter to ask me for like a sticker or something. She wanted to know where the stickers were. She's like, Mary Black, where are the stickers? Sorry I called you black. <laughs> I didn't realize it until the next day, and I was reading it, and I was like, <laughs> We had, the day before, been talking to her about the phrase people of color, yeah. and she, like, helping her navigate, like, language and, and you know, just how to, how to be appropriate in the world, and she, I think she was just like, her brain just kind of locked up. I was like, but I, uh, uh. <laughs> we had a long conversation. Like, that's her, her actual name. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> um, so Megan at RaleighNC.gov for official stuff, but um, Patton for Raleigh on socials. With that, I, I want to close out with just saying thank you for taking the time 
to hang out with me today, sharing your knowledge, thoughts, and opinions on matters like local con- or like local governance, um, bringing humanity back to office, and then really just sharing your your thoughts around how can people plug into their council. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Illogical by Truth Podcast. This episode was edited and produced by Airfluence. I am Terrence Roof, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.